1: Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. You can find our podcast uh, on anywhere you find your podcast uh, by searching Backdoor Cut Show. Also, listen to us on Nothing But Net's Dash or Jash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Sorry, I'm still thinking about that Luca game. That was just pretty phenomenal. Uh, had me glued to the TV all afternoon. That was a good pick me up after a disappointing Celtics. 76 er series uh, but thanks for tuning in with us uh, i'm zach with me today i have sam mason and rich rich how are you doing today man
0: uh, i'm doing good man like you said like that was one of the best nba games i've seen in a long time uh, there's been some high level play in the bubble for sure um but luka donches man what can you say um, he's different uh but i'm doing well for sure happy birthday kobe bryant let's get it
1: mace what's up what's good
2: Man, I uh, just devoured a carne asada burrito wet with red sauce um, and been playing some PGA 2K21, enjoying my weekend. Uh, what's up, Sam? I
3: was at the lake this weekend, man, and uh, down at Beaver Lake in Mississippi. And I'll tell you that trying to pick up wakeboarding and uh, surfing and all that shit at the age of 31 uh, after having not grown up on the lake is extremely difficult, especially because I didn't like skateboard or anything. Uh, so that's tough and, and a big kick to the pride, but it's exciting when you're able to get up. Um, I was on the lake with a, a bunch of uh, my fiance's family, and, and one of her uncles had this buddy that does barefoot skiing, and so all these dudes rolled up from Grenada, Mississippi uh, on their barefoot skiing boat, and they started barefoot skiing, which is insane. Like, you you hang off the boom on the side of the boat and go at, like, 45 miles an hour and ski, ski literally on your bare feet, and then you could, like, hang from it and, like, Ski on your ass and, like, flip around and do all these crazy tricks and whatnot. But while I was on this boat, like, all these dudes were wearing Trump hats. Uh, and so, like, you, you get it. You know, we're in rural Mississippi, and all these dudes are, you know, red-blooded Americans, they think. Uh, and uh, I one of the dudes was wearing, like, a Nike armband because uh, he had uh, some sort of shit, like uh, – uh, elbow entry, and I was like, "Oh, you know, nice armband or something." I didn't say that. I said I commented on his armband, like you're sponsored by Nike or something. And he was like, "Don't even get me started on Nike." And I was like, "Oh shit, I made a critical error." You know, like I, I've, I've tried to not bring up politics at all this entire time on this boat, but here we are. And um, the other guy, like on the boat that was driving, goes like, uh, "Yeah, I'm not watching any sports now because the because uh, those players kneeling during the anthem." Um, and he's like, "The flag, like the flag, doesn't have anything to do with politics." And, uh, and right after that, I sat there for about three seconds and I said, so whose boat is this? And just completely changed the subject and went from there. But, uh, it, it, you know, in certain parts of the country, you go to and you're reminded like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. What happened in 2016 happened in 2016. Uh, and let's hope that what happens in 2020 isn't what happened in 2016. Uh, but I digress. Fun time on the lake. Uh, got to catch a lot of basketball this week. And uh, dude, wall-to-wall basketball, like a straight up. March Madness, four games a day. They're all like exciting and good. Uh, you can't beat it, man. Zach, what's going on with you?
1: And trying to catch as many games as possible. Um, had some friends in town this weekend, so got to see them. Uh, that was a good time. Hanging out with my kids, showing him how much fun basketball can be, and really just keeping up with Luca. Trying to keep up with the Mavs right now. Trying to. Attach myself to another team so I can be emotionally destroyed down the line at some point this season uh, again and again and again. That's kind of what I'm searching for. Searching for that a, lot team. Of a, in a heartless place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They've had a lot of the primetime games that I've been able to see. Really enjoying Utah right now, especially after Mike. You know, congrats on having another kid. Uh, he comes back in the bubble. My theory for why he was, what was he seven of eight from three? 27 points something like that is that so you have he had a newborn he probably didn't sleep any when he was outside the bubble came back in the bubble got a couple good nights rest and he was just ready to go after that he was rejuvenated ready to hoop he got a little turbo boost there that's my Mike Conley theory for why he played so well the other day Uh, but those two of the teams been keeping an eye on and then Celtics been a lot of fun Uh, they kind of took it to the 76ers but that that wasn't really like a fair a fair shake of, you know, what they're capable of, I don't think. So that was kind of a, a dud of a series. But, you know, we'll see going forward what happens.
3: Let's talk Mavs. Mason, what are your thoughts about that Mavs game? Um, Luka Doncic, like 46-16-13, uh, and um, game-winning three. Uh, on a on a uh, ankle that we know is injured. You know, I don't know if anyone saw in the game before game three, Uh, He rolled it pretty bad, went out of the game. They taped him up. He came back in limping visibly. They iced it down. He has less than 48 hours to get get ready for an afternoon tip. Then he goes out and does that. What what do you you think of that? What do you think of that Mavs team? What do you think of that series?
2: Yeah, I mean, Luca has just put the team on his back today. No Porzingis. I guess he has some knee issues, so he set out game four. Um and honestly, it's kind of funny just to look at the contrast between Luca and Porzingis. It makes me think that that duo is really not going to work out that long, because um, one seems to be a huge pussy and one seems to be a warrior. Um, what Luca did today was incredible. I don't, don't even want to talk about Porzingis. Like it's the playoffs. Got as Shaq would say, put some icy hot on it. Man up. Um, Get a
3: cortisone shot, man. Yeah, That's, yeah.
2: I, I mean, you know, they they are. I guess thinking about the future with him, but it's always something. Um, Luca, on the other hand, played through the pain, put the team on his back. And honestly, like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and then all of overtime, it was all Luca, um, almost to the detriment of the Mavs' free flowing offense. They really got stagnant, and it was Luca just going one on one and making tough shot after tough shot. Euro stepping in the lane, fading away, just doing things that no one could have expected he would be doing at such a high level. I think he hit three step back threes, including the game winner, um, you know, kind of those last couple possessions in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, I mean, what he's doing is incredible and it's against the supposed best defensive team in the NBA who's got wing defender after wing defender, but Somehow, they those defenders, being Kawhi, Paul George, uh, whichever Morris twin they have, etc., etc., don't have the pride to fight through screens, and instead, Luca's getting switches onto Reggie Jackson and Lou Williams every time and just abusing those guys when he does. There were a couple possessions, Kawhi did up, but and got stops on Luca, and you could see how you know what the claw that we remember, but on the very last possession of overtime. You know Luca is going to the top to get the ball off a little fake down screen pretty much, and Kawhi just sends Reggie Jackson out there on the switch to go get cooked instead of manning up and playing defense. If that was LeBron, uh, I, like peop- the internet would have exploded saying he ran from that challenge. Kawhi ran from that challenge, and uh, it really hurt my heart because I, I became a big Kawhi fan, and to see him not step up and just want to shut Luka down in the biggest moments, That's tough, man. Clippers fans out here, even before they won game three, said that their team is done. I believe them. That Clippers team has no cohesion. Paul George is. Playoff visible. I hate to say this word twice in one show, but he's a pussy as well. Um, And it's karma for him just really being a pretty shitty dude in general. Uh, Rich, your thoughts on the mass Clippers series.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of (laughs) your analysis. Um, But yeah, it was just, it was just, it was great to see. Like I love to see Luca taking over and I love to see anytime the Clippers can fail. Um, I think there's been (laughs) so much hype and so much smoke. that has been talked about the Clippers and I think the main thing like you touched on is just the perimeter defense um, that supposedly, you know, all time, like I've, I've saw things at the beginning of the year comparing Kawhi and PG to Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Like, don't don't ever say that shit again. Um, Luca is <laughs> just carving carving these boys up, man. And it's just beautiful to watch. Honestly, um, I enjoy watching the Mavs play. As we know, like the free flowing offense, um, they have a lot of offensive just shot creators and shot makers. Honestly, Seth Curry has shown me a lot in this series. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is very streaky, hot or cold. He's either going to shoot you out of the game um, or shoot you in, but he hits some timely shots as well. Um, a shout out to Trey Burke as well, who they got off the bargain bin buyout market in yeah. July, and he's just coming through a bucket. Like he can get his own shot, he can get to the cup. I'm um, so happy to see him making a renaissance. I share the exact same sentiments in in regards to Porzingis. Like even on the bench, like he didn't even look excited or happy or jovial supporting his team. He was just literally sitting there stoic and you know right knee soreness. All right, bro. Um. But shout out to Luca, man. That's his team. Rick Carlisle has already said that's his team. So, you know, he went to war for his guys, man, on this on this bum ankle. He put them over the top. Um, I'm here for all the P.G. slander. I'm here for <laughs> everything about that. Um, I still have images of him at Russell Westbrook's re-signing party. When P.G. resigned with the cigar and the smoke, like just all bullshit, like just fucking bullshit. He ran from OKC. I just I can't believe that Kawhi looked at LeBron and A.D. and said, hell no. I want, I want PG to be my wife. <laughs> that's, 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 who I want. Like, dude, I, I, that's not working out for him. So, I, I, <laughs> fucking bullshit, man. What do you think, <laughs> sir?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because, what
0: do you
3: think, sir? <laughs> yeah, nah, I don't, well, Paul I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have anything in addition to that. I, the PG thing about him dating Doc Rivers' daughter, Callie Rivers, and then impregnating a stripper. Uh, and now playing for Doc Rivers, but then also the Seth Curry and him storyline is fantastic. I mean, it's this team, these teams do not like each other. I think that was documented in game three, and it's kind of become it was like pretty, pretty modest this game. Um, I feel like that it wasn't quite as chippy as game three, but we saw a lot of words exchanged, and Lucas not backing down. And like, he for whatever stereotypes people have, European players, he like does not have any of those at all. I mean, he he like. Like Mason pointed out, you know, you kind of think of Porzingis as the guy that's like that's how you think of a Euro, you know, someone that's going to like sore knee, sit it out, like um, kind of a finesse player. But Luca's willing to do whatever to make a team win. Um, and and like he showed, I mean, he's showing everyone what he is. This series, 21 years old, uh, you can't speak enough hyperbole about him. Um, I mean, are the are the are the Clippers in trouble? I, so I'm I'm rooting for the Clippers in the series, um, because I want to see the Lakers Clippers matchup. Um, I just want to see that. I think that'd be really good theater, and I understand if the Mavs made it there, that'd be also good. I just don't think the Mavs can win versus the Lakers. Um, and shit, maybe this version of the Clippers can't either. But I, I still like. I'm holding out thinking the Clippers could put it together, but not with Paul uh, with the uh, uh, Paul George playing like this, and not with Kawhi kind of looking a little bit. He, he's he, you could tell. I think he's. He's like, what the hell, Paul? And, like, you're really fucking up and not helping me out. Like, his body language is he's said all the right things, but it's hard when your guy's letting you down like that. And not only that, when you're looking over in the East and your former team just swept (laughs) uh, and is looking like the best team in the league right now, um, you left uh, the coach of the year, this offense that hums like a machine that doesn't require you to do everything uh, and just plays really solid, good, smart basketball, which is what Kawhi's really about. He's just about, like... Going in playing basketball and then going to his family or whatever he likes to do in his personal time. But I, I think he made a huge mistake. I mean, I know it's revisionist history, but why leave that team? It makes not make sense to me. Zach, what's your thoughts on the mass clips?
2: <laughs> trying to get your shot right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> trying to get a Michael Bay shot. Can you hear us? Okay,
1: keep going.
2: Uh, okay. I guess I guess he can't hear us, um, but yeah, I mean the Mavs, like y'all mentioned, Trey Burke off the scrap heap, and he's like averaging
3: twenty points a game. Yeah. Uh, and then from Michigan, set- former yeah. Wolverine that took him to the national championship game and one of the classic, like, you know, because of tournament performance, high pick, lottery pick, uh, just never really found his home. But was Seth all- Curry, same root, same same story, you know. Like- yeah, you know, got in the league from the G League, got a ten day, and then
2: a few years later after a couple of chances when things didn't really work out, but he got better and better as a player. And now he's got, uh, I think he signed like a 15, $20 million deal. I want to say uh, maybe, maybe that's a little high, but he he got paid and he's found a team where his offensive abilities seem to fit really well.
1: Zach, you back with us? Yeah.
2: All right. We just want to get your quick thoughts on uh Mavs, Mavs clips before we move on.
1: No, I think that, what Luca's is doing is stuff that you you don't see very often. Like we've been talking about in his second season, he's already doing incredible things. And he literally is like carrying such a burden for this team, especially with um, with Porzingis out. who's supposed to be his one B and carry some of this offensive load. So Luca took 31 shots, uh, which led led everyone. The next closest person in the game was Kawhi Litter, only took 22. Lou Williams only took 20. So Luka's just taking so many shots. You know everything is going through him. It's not, even, it's not even like it's so telegraphed. He gets the ball at the top of the key. Everyone else spreads out. You know he's going to either try to drive or he's just going to shoot it from wherever he needs to shoot it to get a shot off from three-point range. And it's really just fascinating. And every time you think, well, I mean, he's already starting pretty far back. He's not going to be able to hit a step back from here. Surely, don't call him Shirley because he's gonna <laughs> nail that three right over the <laughs> okay,
0: Mark Jackson.
2: <laughs> oh, but uh, S- Sam, to answer your question about are the Clippers done, man? Unless Kawhi just takes over these next few games, I think I really think they are. Well, um, he has
3: been. I mean, he's been playing well. Like uh, uh, it's not on Kawhi at all. Like he no, he, he took over well. that overtime. Like he was he was going down, you know, getting to his spots, hitting those. Those you know dart uh, short range mid range jumpers and and just you know he was he stopped Luca like you alluded to uh, at the end of regulation and, and deed him up and I was like all right it's quiet time uh, but man like and then Paul but George he, had to drive to the cup I thought he might get going but it, it just they just fizzled out like nothing I've ever seen before and they just didn't have I mean I expected Paul George or I'm sorry uh, Kawhi to do what Luca ended up doing uh, exactly just didn't exactly. happen you know and Luca's already doing this at 21 I mean uh, it's it's fucking insane. Like Kawhi uh, has
2: to be the best player on the court if they want to win, and he hasn't. He might have been that one game so far. The Clippers are lucky as hell. poor Zingas got tossed in game one because they might be down three one right now.
0: The Clippers' yeah. final possession in regulation today was terrible
1: too. Yep, I mean, that's that's, that's
2: a, yeah, that was a that uh, that's a Doc Rivers special. So that I think that's, he's a horrendously overrated coach. I mean, that's on Kawhi. That's you oh, yeah. give Kawhi the ball and your best player goes to make a play. And instead of getting to his spot at the elbow where he's like a hundred percent, it seems like he se- seems like he never misses. He settled for the step back to the right-handed dribble um, and, you know, brick the three is it's a fine look. I'm sure he can make that shot, you know, and, and I'm sure he pr- works on it, but that's Kawhi Leonard, you know, your spots get to your spot. Um, and then we saw it in overtime. He got to his spot and, Maxie Kleber helped for whatever reason um, when Clippers were down two, and allowed Kawhi to pass out to the Morris twin who knocked down the corner three. Um, just that's a basketball pet peeve. You're down two, a two doesn't hurt you. Don't give up the wide open three, even if it is to. Is that Marcus Morris? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) Mark is the one that's not as good, right? Yeah, Marcus
0: is supposed to be the better one.
2: They're
3: both overrated. They're average NBA players. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of commentating, uh, I think you mentioned Mark Jackson earlier. Uh, This bubble experience (laughs) has been kind of enlightening with respect to uh, the commentators and what we feel about them, or at least in my case. Like, you know, we have these guys and, and women that are doing calling these games and they rotate through. So you'll hear one on for each team. It seems like Chris Weber is on one of the calls. Um, uh, Reggie is on one of the calls. Uh, Doris Burke is on one of the calls and Stan Van Gundy is on one of the calls along with the stereotypical white guy with a good voice that calls like the actual plays of the game. doesn't do the color. Uh, And those are, you know, fucking dime a dozen to me. Like they're all really good at what they do, but you know, I'm not like that guy was really great or that guy wasn't great. They all do what they do and they're great. Uh, However, Stan Van Gundy's really set himself apart. He's been all over Twitter. I don't know if you heard a SVG uh, call yet, but he's fantastic. And uh, it makes sense. He's a former coach, uh, and he's really good at telling the audience what's happening and what the strategy should be. So he's great. Doris Burke, I like Doris Burke. I don't know how you all feel, but I've always liked DB on the call. I think she's really underrated. I, I mean, I think that a lot of people just don't like hearing a woman talk about sports, and that kind of exposes some of the underlying stuff going on there, but she's great. And normally, Mason and I, I don't know how you feel, Rich. We're on the, t- the the team of former players on the call like we we've always liked that and everyone always freaks out about Reggie everyone always freaks out about Chris Weber and I'm just like whatever they're fine like they're not like bad I don't know why everyone freaks out but this bubble has been terrible for these guys I don't know what it is because <laughs> they don't have like
1: four days to prepare for their oh, next yeah. game they got a quick turnaround time I don't think they're, they're doing like
3: nuts shit they are in the bubble. Like <laughs> I don't know, yeah. They're wasting you go their time go back to the hotel room studying. and you I'm get picked out from whatever right. steak joint they have a contract with, <laughs> and then you sit and you fucking study at least the name of the coaches. You know, Mark Jackson is yeah. you know uh, you know uh, uh, enemy number one of Memphis fans now for that. But it's just like they just talk about the most dumb shit ever, yeah. and I like do, does no one play their audio back to him and say like What are you talking about, man? Like it's so bizarre, and, and I wouldn't want to sound like an idiot on national television like I, I don't think anyone does but all it takes is a little bit of preparation uh it's just been bizarre and honestly like now I get it uh this, how do we feel about commentating it or, or am I crazy am I being like the grumpy guy on Twitter or are they have they been crazy bad this this bubble
0: yeah I think I'm I'm also in that same vein of I enjoy the former players for sure like anytime I can hear some like non-nerds talk about basketball I'm all for it like right, i enjoy yeah. the people that actually played the game and know what's up um but yeah, it's been pretty bad. I do think I'm a huge Doris Burke fan as well. Um, not a huge Mark Jones fan, but I feel like they have a really good rapport. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they bounce really well off of each other. They seem to enjoy commentating together. Um, but yeah, I just see Webb sometimes. He, he's just rambling, and he'll like answer his own questions. Like he'll say something, and then he'll be you like, say, and, "And you, what I mean by that? you ask honest, what I mean by that? It's yeah. like nobody. We know what you mean. Nobody man. asked, bro. Like nobody <laughs> asks. And so like." You know, he, he's just rambling a lot. Uh, lack of preparedness, maybe, but I don't think it's been terrible. Like, they kill him on Twitter. Like, they <laughs> kill him on Twitter.
3: I, I it, think it's I've got bad it. Bad. I, I think it's a bad, bad. Like, it,
0: uh, he's been bad. Reggie, Reggie.
3: I haven't heard Reggie a lot. I, I, I haven't think
0: heard they, Reggie a lot either. Reggie just talks. Like, I remember my cousin, we were talking about this yesterday because he hates C. Webb. Mm-hmm. And I think C. Webb might have been on the Laker call yesterday. And he was like, Man, dog, c just talks so much. I'm like, that's what they're paying him to Like, he, he can't sit on there and be silent, bro. Like, he has to talk. It's just picking your spots and, like, also not answering your own questions.
3: Well, the <laughs> difference is it's like he, he could theoretically offer some awesome insight into, like, the game. I and mean, he played it at a high level. You know, C-Web, multiple-time All-Star, like, you could have made it to the finals on those, uh, those Kings teams had your Lakers not – uh, gotten the benefit of the whistle, you know. No offense.
0: Oh, oh. And, uh, <laughs>
3: um, we know, we all know that story. But anyway, yeah. you see, we have played at a high level. He's not like some fucking Johnny rotation player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he's Christopher Weber. And like, he he just he doesn't give you insight into the game like a Stan Van Gundy does, for example. And I know Stan Van Gundy, he's a coach, so he knows it probably on a different kind of analytical level. But he just says, like, wow, that was a really great shot. You know, like that's his commentary. It's not mm-hmm. like, Here's yeah. what here's what you need to do to make sure that shot works, or here's what he's looking at. Like here, he's looking for the defender to help off, and then you know because that defender helps, that he knows like he's got a he's got the defenses rotating, and then so that sort of stuff that you you want to hear from a player that like mm-hmm. really with the high basketball IQ. And uh, I don't know, like, it's just been bad. But uh, I used to like Chris Weber. Like, I used yeah. to think he was like he's pl- he's a pleasant guy, and like he's like it's not like he says dumb shit. It's just like I don't know. He just yeah. he's a good. I have
0: Forgive me, I do not know the, the white guy. It's um, so a white guy, and Jim Jim Jackson, Jimmy Jackson, uh, former NBA player. They've been doing a lot of the morning, nobody, 1 p.m. games, uh, and they've been, they've been slightly tolerable. They've been very pleasant. Um, I've enjoyed them a little bit. I think they're with Turner Sports, so I think they're TNT games. Um, but, yeah, I had never heard Jim Jackson before, and he's somebody who mm-hmm. also, NBA player, wasn't at the level of C-Web or Reggie. Um, but he's, you know, offering some slight glimpses into the games and whatnot. But I enjoy him. Definitely Stan has been the highlight, though, for me, for sure. I think for so long, people have just fawned over his brother. Um, and I'm kind of done with the Breen-Van Gundy-Jackson tandem. Like, it's just kind of one out as well. Yeah, of tough. I, yeah, it's yeah, a tough one, too. I, I definitely am enjoying Stan Van Gundy in the bubble, for sure.
2: Hey, my brain was killing it with the uh... – Bang! The, the, the double bang.
0: That's his
2: that's, his, that's his wheelhouse, man. And, but but my know. thing, I was beating him to it. I was like, come on, Mike, you need to that like <laughs> you're in the bubble. You gotta say <laughs> it before me. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, it's been not not necessarily uh, the highlight, but you know, the, the some of the some of the uh, Stan Van Gundy form a fucking wall came back up and on my Twitter timeline, that's just fantastic. Jeff Van Gundy today brought that up uh the, the mm-hmm. last play at the, the Mavs and he's like if my brother was coaching you know we'd have him form a wall and I love that uh just good stuff from the big Gundies in general um yeah it's amazing how much better someone like Stan
2: or Doris sounds because they spend like maybe an hour researching the teams you know <laughs> like right uh it, it I mean I'm sure it's a di- difficult job but some of those old players that show, show up and take that check.
1: <laughs> is it? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean it you're can't paid be to easy.
3: Literally know the NBA. That's what you do, though.
1: Yeah. Like you spent, say, you spend eight hours a day at your job, eight plus hours. Then, if that's your job is to is to watch basketball, then you would expect a little bit higher level of knowledge, at least of the people involved in the game.
2: Yeah, you you would expect that, but fellas, their checks are coming. You know. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It's not like oh, yeah. ours where it's based on our work performance. Like they getting them checks no sure. matter what.
3: Yeah, and that but that doesn't mean we can't call them out for being bad nah. at their job or I mean, lazy. Yeah, you know, we, we can just did. say that. Yeah, I'm just I, telling I, you, they don't care that they suck. Like it's obviously, obvious, yeah, like obviously, <laughs> which what that sucks. You know, like it's not a good product for us. Like if if the guys at the Toyota factory building like four hundred, <laughs> we're like, uh, yeah, we're our paychecks going regardless, and I'm driving on the interstate, my shit fucking flies over the. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i'm dead it's like a, that sucks anyway yeah uh, yeah so um, you hear me you heard me yeah uh, uh, charles barkley, uh charles barkley mentioned on the call that he uh there, him and Shaq were talking about cortisone shots and charles brought up how he got a different shot at one point that was like they used to give the horses and then everyone got real <laughs> quiet and Shaq was like i didn't get that <laughs> <And then Charles laughs> was like, oh, i don't know what it was called and i'm pretty sure he like Broke all NBA, uh, like drug, like performance enhancer <laughs> protocol and just aired out the Suns organization. Yeah, <laughs> so, hopefully, the good. statute of limitations is run on that. Uh, but that's fantastic. <laughs> I, those, those guys are great. You know, that that's, that's good shit. And, like, I will never, those are my guys, like, uh, but, yeah. you know, not C-Web.
2: And that came up last night about how boring the ESPN studio show is, the halftime pregame. Is that Jalen Rose show? and, uh, Who else is on that? I I think last night it was uh, Richard Jefferson.
0: Rachel Nichols.
2: Somebody else. Is Vince Vince on that?
0: Sometimes it's Maria Taylor and Jalen Rose. Okay.
2: Uh, No, Vince is on like the players only kind of version of TNT. But let's go ahead and say this. Vince is not a, a studio guy. He needs to be at the games being a commentator. He is just way too boring to be a studio guy. Like they had him up there with I think it was d I mean, uh, Wade and uh, Damn. He disagreed with that?
3: everybody. Like, yeah, he yeah, was, was, was like, good. yeah, Luca's real good. He was like, yep, real good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like, and then someone
3: sucks. would be like, Lucas sucks. He'd be like, well, I can see that too. Yeah, and I love like, Vince Carter. But...
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... and we saw how <laughs> we'll good haters, he, was but... when he was with the Grizzlies on the color commentary. And I just think that will be the best for him and for basketball fans if we get him on those national TV games eventually.
3: Sure. Uh, I think that's that's a uh, that's that's good. Um, the Southwest Division is going to be really hard from now on, as Mason has pointed out, uh, yeah. with the with the Mavs yeah. and the Pelicans. Um, Spurs obviously will be rebuilding, but assuredly they'll find some Euro, uh, you know, late in this, probably at their eleventh or twelfth pick this year, that'll end up being an All Star. And then they still got DeRozan. They still got LA. What happens there? Um, I mean, it, it are is there a scenario where you see this Grizzlies team beating the Mavs in the playoffs? Like that's a really hard thing to imagine beating Luca. And we have to do that. He's the gatekeeper now already. And that sucks. Like, it's kind of like we're already right back in it with some gatekeeper that we have to get through. Like LeBron was for the East for so long. Um, What do we think about the trajectory of the Southwest? And I mean, it's good. You You play against high quality opponents. Like it's good. It helps develop your team. But Zach, what, what do you expect to see from the Southwest conference going forward? Southwest division, rather.
1: I mean, like you said, there's going to be a lot of, I think we've always kind of been in probably one of the toughest, toughest divisions in the NBA. You had several in the East that are weak, you know, out West, it's not always been the strongest, you know, both LA teams have had their struggles. Um, And then the kind of nuggets have separated themselves out here, but yeah, uh, in our division, there's just there's so much going on. You have, you know, New Orleans is mate. I, I don't even know if I want to say on the rise. There's a whole lot to see there before I can kind of figure out and sort out what they actually are. But going up against, you know, San Antonio is always gonna be back. They're always gonna be in the mix. They're gonna get there. you know, I, I gotta look and see. I forget where they're drafting, but they're gonna um, find they- some sleeper. What is it? I think 10 10 oh that's perfect spot for them they're going to find that random guy that you hadn't heard of in college or overseas but in 2 to 3 years he's going to be starting and killing us in the playoffs that's just about how that usually goes uh, but I, I mean i can echo all those sentiments of that think that's definitely going to be the toughest division in basketball going forward for at least the next 4 to 5 years assuming that memphis is able to hold on to all their guys, and if they're able to – we'll talk a little bit in the future or a little bit in a few minutes about the future, uh, bring in some more assets to build around our young core. We've got – I think that the fun part about it is that the other cores are so young that we're all going to be growing together and fighting against each other. Uh, That is going to make for a lot of fun down the road.
3: Ain't fun, unless you can beat the Maz though. Shit. (laughs) I, I don't see that. I mean I, I this I don't know if we can beat this team. Like I mean I, I know we'll get a lot better, but like that's the thing is like Luca so will Luca. And I mean ugh, it's uh it's been kinda of scary to watch them play. Like uh what do you think, Mason? This is something you bring up a lot. This is a division.
2: I mean, well, I think we need to just go ahead and talk about the future of the Grizzlies next season and beyond because I don't think we're going to be a playoff team next year. And I know this is something you're, you are really um, high on is trading for another piece right now. Um, I think it's not, I think the Grizzlies could very easily finish 14th in the West next year. Um, uh, Golden state will be back. The only team that might fall off is OKC if they make moves, but they have so many picks right now. They don't, they're not in a, a rush to trade Chris Paul or Gallo or anyone like that to acquire more picks. Uh, Maybe they do it and acquire young talent and they kind of take a step back. But every other team in the West will be competing for a playoff spot. And, you know, we're probably better than Sacramento. We're probably right there with Phoenix. Then after that, I mean, it's a free-for-all in the West and anything could happen. Obviously, you hope that Ja makes the jump like Luka did in the year two. I think it would be absurd to think he can do what Luca is doing um, because what right. Luka is doing is unheard of um, and just basically never been seen before from a second-year player his age. Yeah, you got to put that out of your mind. That's not going to happen. Like, so, yeah, I'm, so I don't yeah. think uh, – I mean, the Grizzlies could and the Pelicans were right there, but, I mean, Ingram is already an all-star. You know, they've got Drew Holiday, so they do have a few players. And inevitably, some of these teams will – break it up and make moves. But I think if you're going into next season, thinking of the Grizzlies as a potential, um, you know, anything higher than a six seed or really in oh, the yeah. playoff calendar, it's I, I think it's very unlikely to happen. Ve- Vegas will probably say the same thing, um, which not to say that we can't surpass expectations, but I'm just not expecting next year to be as fun
1: as this year was. Yeah, I think yeah. anyone for sure who has expectations of like a high seed or a deep playoff run, I think that is they definitely need to temper those expectations. And I think like seven or eight – sneaking in at the seven or eight seed, that's probably a lot more realistic if they were to make the playoffs. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely going to be a barn burner of a season to try to get them in there.
3: Well, the, the, the two pass are – and I'll ask you guys this – is that you – you keep going with your guys. You don't make any crazy moves to get a, uh, another talent here and now. Like as then you don't trade any of your picks. You just sort of ride these guys out. And then I, I think it's 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 likely that we miss the playoffs if we ride these guys out. Like if we don't do anything um, to add to this roster, I think like it's likely we miss the playoffs unless there's catastrophic injuries from other teams, um, or you know you trade some picks that you have. You got a Utah first. Uh, you got a Golden State Warriors first in 2024 that are good assets right now. And try to get a guy to add with John Jarrett right now and, and win right now. Uh, and now whether that guy that adds to your team ends up putting you in a winning position, uh, we don't know. But that is the move to win now. Uh, We've heard Zach Kleiman say sustainable success over and over again. That's his uh, buzz term for what he wants to do, which to me says, let's focus on the long term and not the win now mentality. Which I think generally works well for young teams. Uh, I think this seems a little different because it is it's shown us that it can win now. Uh, unlike a lot of young rosters, they're, they're good enough. John Jarrett are a good enough tandem to maybe put the right guys around them to overachieve, and, and you know, I don't know whether that means making a seven or eight seed next year, but certainly being competitive for the West. Um, so that those are the two kind of ways you can go about it. Uh, Mason, you know, with everything you said, what do you, what would you like to do if you're Zach Klein? Uh, I'd
2: run it back next year, be at the bottom of the West, and take a top draft pick in a loaded
3: 21 class. Okay. <laughs> And uh, what about you, Rich? Would you rather add like a Levine and Buddy Heald, and uh, or you know, whatever? Like, a lot of, I don't think Bradley Beal is really in the equation. Um, some people say Justin Holiday, someone like that, right? Like a mid twenties, not old guy, uh, but you know, someone that's definitely more of a vet, <laughs> and add that. What'd you do, Mace? I spit my drink out because <laughs> you said Justin <laughs> Holiday.
2: Uh, <yeah>, <laughs> oh, you know,
3: you know who I meant. Uh, I Mason, yeah. Mason's rosters I in my head. Yeah, what would you do? Would you, you know, what, what would you do for these guys right now, this Grizzlies roster?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough. Um, I'm also in the same boat of I'm not sure if that's if this is a playoff roster next year. Um, and I know that the 2021 draft let's assume draft that
3: it's not. Is, let's assume um, that it's like that if you don't do yeah. anything, you're not making the playoffs. I think that's yeah. a safe assumption.
0: I think so because you have to take into account not only Golden State, but also somebody I'm looking at is Minnesota as well. Um getting a full season under their belt with D-Lo and Cat and the number one overall pick whoever they decide to take on. Um It
3: should be better than the Grizzlies. Now, they should be better than the Grizzlies.
0: And yeah, I mean, a wishful thinking. Um, I still think we're another piece of way. Uh, whether a buddy Hill or Zach Levine is a game changer, even somebody like a, like a Justin Jackson in Dallas who can't seem to get in their rotation, um, but who can also put the ball in the basket as a high percentage three-point shooter, et cetera. Um, I would love to see them get a scoring threat, um, someone who can just put the ball in the basket. Because a lot of these teams that we mentioned, I don't know if the Grizzlies can keep up with them scoring-wise. That's my my biggest fear. That's my biggest concern. Um, But honestly, this year was fun as hell. Um, I would definitely be inclined to run it back. Um, just because I still think we haven't seen a healthy Winslow integrated, who was supposed to be that new piece, that Swiss Army knife. Um, So I think that they're probably going to run it back, see what they have. Um, But I still think that even in that, there's still another piece that needs to be added sometime down the line, whether that's a high-level draft pick or another scoring mid-tier veteran player.
3: Would you rather trade – and I'll get to Zach. Would you rather trade the – uh, the picks that we have now that you don't know what those become. You don't even know where they fall because we don't know how good those teams are going to be. We just saw the Celtics, Kings and Grizzlies pick become kind of trashy, you know, because they kept them and didn't trade them. Um, that is one kind of school of thought. Or you know, would you rather acquire a talent that we know is what they are? Or would you rather say, let's, you know, let's tank for 2021 and pick a high guy in there and hope that they're good? I, 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 that's like a known talent, like a known asset. Like a Buddy hill we know what he is. You know, we know what he does well and we know what he doesn't. Uh, or, like, hope that we take a guy in 2021 that probably has a higher ceiling than Buddy Hill, like a Jalen Green, for example, uh, but also might not turn out. Um, and what, what would you rather do, Rich?
0: I would fucking love Buddy Heald. Uh, I would love Buddy Hill, who is kind of disgruntled in Sacramento anyway, um, coming off the bench. Um but I mean, like you said, we know who he is. He's been the same player since he was at Oklahoma, right? High volume shooter, scorer, not really contributing much else, but what the Grizzlies need is someone who can score the ball in the basket because there's just so many periods of time where it's just plodding and where we're searching for a basket, we're searching for a bucket. And, you know, with draft picks, of course, that's hit or miss. We fucking hit on Ja, we fucking hit on Brandon Clark, we fucking hit on Jaren. So I do trust this front office. Um to make a, the right decision in drafting, uh, which I didn't with the previous regime, of course. Um, but to answer your question, give me buddy Hilda Zach Levine.
1: Hmm.
3: Zach, what do you think? What would you do? Zach was frozen <laughs> as hell. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so Sam, let
2: me ask you this. If you say so first, you don't... Oh, Zach. First, ben. thanks
1: everyone for listening to us. On Dash Radio is nothing but net channel,
0: and all
2: right, I'm gonna remove Zach. Um, so let me <laughs> if if you uh if you add Zach Levine or Buddy Hill to this team, say you don't have to trade anyone away. Where where does
3: that get us in the West? So the theory is like, and and I I mean it's no secret that I'm more of like. I think putting a guy around these guys and showing the team's commitment to winning is important. This is the Verno school of thought, right? Like you, like you, these guys have shown that they want to win, that they don't want to tank. And I, I, I would be afraid of like the kind of the mental mechanics of just having a really bad season. And I know that, you know, if like they just lose a bunch, like, I don't think they're going to suddenly be losers. Like we saw for the Suns for the longest time. Um, but, I think you you really wouldn't have to give up for for Buddy, for example. I don't think you'd have to give up like a current roster guy like Brandon Clark is a guy we don't want to give up, obviously. I think we'd be able to trade those picks, um, you know, like the, the picks I mentioned, the Golden State pick, the Utah pick, maybe another uh, pick of ours in 2023 or something when we should theoretically be pretty good. And those picks I don't think will be good. Uh, I think they're good assets to trade now, but I think you run the risk of waiting, and then suddenly you're picking 15. Um, and your roster is middling in the West – and it's like, are you really going to add a guy that helps you right now? Um, you're 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 picking based on like what could potentially happen, and everyone assumes with drafts that the best case scenario happens, when it almost certainly does never does. Uh, you never end up where you want to. Uh, it's often contrary to what you end up doing. Like for example, the Jaren year, you know, we we drop down to fourth in the Luca draft, and then the Jaw year, we like try to win, and then we end up vaulting to second. And I know that's the NBA doesn't scheme that, but it's just like. With the new flattening of the curve in the draft, it, you know I don't even think trying to win next year necessarily hurts our odds at, at launching up into the draft if things don't work out. Um, but I, I would just like to see this, these guys at this age take a run while they're on rookie deals, and we have the money to plug in someone that can score at that spot if we can get one of those guys in. Um, and I'd like to see them play and see what they could do, you know. And if and if they fail and end up winning thirty-five games and missing the playoffs, then we, you know, then we end up in the draft and we see what happens. But then we know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I just kind of like to see what that could look like.
2: Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, and and to be clear, I don't want to tank next year. I just don't think we will be good. You think enough it'll to necessarily win? tank? Yeah, we'll yeah. just
3: naturally tank right
2: yeah and i mean maybe i'll be surprised like rich said we haven't seen justice winslow we haven't seen dylan brooks as the two guard or maybe coming off the bench in a different role so things could change um by the time we see this team next year whenever that may be hell they might have enough time that Jaws a you know all-star by the time we come back because he's improved so much right uh because adam silver has said that he Their goal is to play when fans can be back in arenas next season. And I mean, that's not on the horizon anytime soon. So it could be a while before we get basketball. So cherish the bubble playoffs while we have them. But then to counter your point about winning um, and bringing those guys in is you're bringing in two guys that have never won in their NBA careers who all they know is losing and you know, they want their shots and you know, they want the ball. So that's just something to be weary of if you were to bring in Levine or Buddy Heald um,
3: that could fuck up everything we have. And then we're stuck in mediocrity forever. I don't think he'd fuck up everything we have. I mean, I think if they come, even worst case scenario, if they come in, we've given up theoretically a couple first round picks that may not be good. Um, and that even if they are good, we, that you can't guarantee you draft the good player with them. And then you also can't guarantee that those players that ever reach. Their, there's so many variables with picks. I think there was a switch. At some point, we started valuing first round picks more than we value currently good players. And that that to me is just such a weird thing that happened. Like, Buddy Hield's good. Like, he, he shoots like over 40. Is he? covers, <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, yeah, he's good, man. He's, like, he uh, wasn't
2: that great on Sacramento and they sucked.
3: Yeah, he, he, like, he, he did suck this year and he got benched and like he's been a bitch. Obvious on, attitude problems. Like, sure. Yeah, on that team. I mean, I, it'd be hard not to have attitude problems on that team, though. I mean, like, yeah. they're they are like a, a car, you know, they're, they're like a, a, a car wreck and. Um, they're just like horrendous to watch and like the front office has never been good and they've made a huge, lot of changes. Um, so I, I don't really take the Suns or the, you know, even the bulls or the Kings, those trash franchises I don't really take much from those either way. You know, I'm not like, wow, he's really great. Cause he scored a lot on that team. And I'm also not like he's, he's trash because he, you know, all he does is look for a shot on, you know, Levine or Buddy Yield's case, but you just look at the numbers and he would really fit all signs point. He would really fit to what we need and what we do. Um, and that, that just, to me, he'd be a good fit, for example. Like, I mean, buddy's like who kind of who we're focusing on. Uh, but I think if you give up a couple picks, you don't know what they're going to be. Um, and you get a guy like that in here, his contract roll in it, actually buddy's contract is quite modest. He signed an extension with Sacramento. It's like 20 a year. Um, and it's like very, you know, it's not as max. It's not like what Levine is going to make or currently makes. And his contract rolls off just as you're about to extend Jared, you know? So you give it a whirl. Right now, um, if it doesn't work, then you're writing the lottery like you want. If it does, then you're you're dancing, you know? Like, these guys are winning already. And Buddy's contract rolls off just in time to, when you've shown what you are, maybe bring someone in, sign them. Maybe someone says, like, those Grizzlies, man, like, that's a team I want to play for. Just like what the Mavs did with Luka and KP, right? They brought KP in. They didn't let Luka squander around and win 20-something games his sophomore year. I think that's important. Yeah, I don't but- think they would – they would, the, the Mavs would not have had the season they've had if they hadn't done what they did.
2: But we can't compare Porzingis and fucking Buddy Hill and Zach Levine. Porzingis is a seven foot three unicorn, like out of this world. You, he's, he's good in the NBA. We know that. Yeah, but so is I mean so yeah. is so is Buddy. He's Buddy's, he's Buddy's
0: somebody great. that also like mm-hmm. similar to the vein of Buddy and Zach like came from. The Knicks never won losing. with KP. Like he came from losing, right? Yeah. And you know I think but he, he was, was younger. younger. Like he in was the second win.
2: year, second um,
0: year. And, but you have somebody like Buddy and Zach who, well, most of in Zach's case, it's half the green light, right? And it hasn't worked. And I think he's starved to win. Like he wants to win. Like that Jim Boylan is out in Chicago, but that culture was just not a winning culture. You got somebody like Buddy. I can look at Luke Walton and I can tell you right now, he wouldn't motivate me. So I couldn't <laughs> imagine how he's trying to motivate NBA players. Um, And so, you know, sometimes a change of senior year is needed. Christoph Pozingas was with the fucking Knicks. He was a Nick. Right. And of course, you know, they're just a terrible, terrible, bad luck franchise. Right. And, you know, to Sam's point, Dallas made a move. They saw what they had in Luka, his rookie year and said, OK, we're going to push all these chips in and try to make this move. They didn't know what was going to happen. Kristoff's was coming off a major injury. They really bet on him. He's
3: always been hurt. Like he doesn't play full hurt. seasons ever. And he's 25. He's not right. young. Like a lot of people think he's like Luka's age. He's not. I mean, Buddy's two years older than him. He's Zach Levine's age. Like it's not like they added some young talent, you know I mean? Yeah. They did, but you know I mean?
0: The they made a move. They did, you know, they pushed their cards to the table. So um, sometimes that's what you got to do, right?
2: Hey, they say
3: controversy is good for radio. So, uh. no, I, yeah, I mean, I, and that's the thing is there's no answer here. Like, because because if, if that Utah pick or that Golden State pick or any of those other potential future round Grizzlies picks that we hold, we have all our picks from now on could conveyed our pick to Boston. So we have all of our first round picks for – foreseeable future um, if one of those ends up becoming a third guy then we'll all look back and say "Damn, I'm glad we didn't trade that but I, yeah. I think there's a heavy overvaluation of first round picks as because we assume they're going to be the best case scenario like I said that they're going to fall they're going to jump higher than they than we thought they would be because some crazy injury happens to Utah that year or Golden State's not good anymore so they end up high and then also that that's a good draft year and then also that the guy we want we pick and then also that we develop that guy you know it's just there's so many things that you hope for to get a guy like jaw to get a guy like jared but we've got those guys now we just need to add the another piece and i think there's known commodities currently in the league that fit that bill um rather than just like betting on a draft piece
2: yeah but i think you're it's the same thing betting on you know some of these unproven guys i mean when we made the trade for jeff green i remember the that article like the big tweet from espn was uh player on Western conference team says Memphis Grizzlies now stacked in favor to win Western conference. And, you know, that didn't work out. So even the trades don't work out um, just like draft picks don't. So we don't know. Um, And I would just be on the side of not trading those assets going into this season to try to find that third piece, because I I just don't think he's out there right now. Um, I would be more on the side of pairing the one of those Utah or golden state picks with your late lottery pick next year and moving up in the draft and maybe getting a Kate Cunningham or Jalen green, someone like that. So bunch of things, bunch of things that you could do. And that's why Zach Kleinman gets paid the big bucks.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. We'll see what he does and we'll see what happens, but next year is going to be disappointed. I agree. I think we ought to prepare for that. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of the media thinks that too. And they really, you know, why shouldn't they? It, it, uh, it's we don't win very sustainably you know we don't like blowout teams we don't we don't do anything particularly well we're not a great defensive team we we run and we can get running but you know that's not <laughs> <Yeah. super> sustainable
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's uh, like an
2: if and or win like right yeah it's
3: like it takes so many things to get there so I um, I, I do think we heavily overachieved this year um, and I think mostly because it was due to our schedule you played a lot of and I think we were very very under um, underrated, you know, by other teams. I think yeah. a lot of teams thought they'd come into Memphis and get an easy win, and so we, for the first twenty or thirty games of the season, were able to steal ones just because suddenly, like John and Jaron are pretty good, and it was like, oh, I actually have to play tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I don't want to like make a dumb trade, but like, I, I just want to get guys in here that want to win, you know, and, and mostly get Dylan out. You, you all know I'm, I'm out on Dylan, and I think he like hurts us in a lot of ways. Um and will hurt our player's development. I just don't want him around. Uh, and so, but we need, but but right now the way our roster is constructed is we need him to win. So that to me is the worst scenario where he feels like he's needed to win because he literally is. But I, I just you know I, I, I don't know. Um,
2: yeah. I what mean, else do you guys want to talk about? He was a huge part of that January when we went on the run and you know went above five hundred. So uh, to be determined what he is. You are listening to us on Nothing But Net's, or Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Um, and we talked a lot about draft picks, just to be clear. The Grizzlies um, got the 14th pick in the draft lottery for the 2020 NBA draft, and that, of course, conveyed to the Boston Celtics. Um, so as Sam mentioned, we are free of, you know, owing picks to anyone. We got all our own money in our pockets walking down the street moving forward. We got some um, other
3: people's money, too.
2: Yeah, we got a little yeah. extra change, man. We took mm-hmm. some lunch money. Um, shout out to the Mike Conley trade. And any anything y'all want to hit on on the draft lottery? I mean, Minnesota got number one, Golden State two, and who got three? Chicago,
0: was it? Uh, Charlotte.
2: Charlotte, yeah. So, I mean, whoop de doo I'm not huge on this draft class. We got James yeah. Wiseman in there, Anthony
3: Edwards, LaMelo Ball. My, my take on this draft is that there's like and, – and this is – everyone said this, so I'm just copying like Kevin O'Connor or something. But he, he's – there's like a million – and reading his draft guide and reading other draft guides, at like from for pick 10 to pick like 25, there's just insert name of like 3 and D wing, um, you know, guys that can shoot, guys that are like either, you know, 22, a little older, played four years in college, or some, uh, you know, 18, 19-year-olds that have like crazy wingspans that are more upside – but there's just a lot of guys like that that could be great rotation, starting rotation, Danny Green-type players this draft. Um, you know, it, so I think there's a, a – it sucks we oh, don't have that – Old Danny thing. Green. Oh, Danny Green. Yeah, sorry. Not like Sorry, I didn't mean to trigger you, Rich.
0: How, man? many, more, <laughs>
3: how many more? How uh, many more? Please. How many more? are you going <laughs> to take, bro? Oh, you, you, know, got like a, you got to look
2: like at Dame's jersey because it says zero more.
3: <laughs> just stop. Just Dude, stop um, if
0: you're listening, please.
3: Yeah, so – So my, 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 what I, my desire would be if, I mean, and and of course like anytime we propose these fake blog boy trades, it's like, we we don't know shit. We don't know if any team would actually accept this. Uh, So you're like, you're supposing that the Grizzlies would even want to do it. And then also they'd be able to find someone that would also want to do it. But my theory is like you trade Dylan um, to, to try to get somewhere in the middle of the first round and draft one of these, a Dylan replacement basically that's younger and smarter and better and a better fit for our culture, which we're establishing and which climate mentioned a lot in his, uh, in his mm-hmm. uh, closing speech was the culture of young guys that like each other, that are smart, that love the game, you know, that, that want to excel at their profession, which is playing basketball. Uh, and I think they've really done that with Brandon Clark, with Jaron, which, uh, ja, um, and, and then their additions justice, those kids are all like, they got, there's great kids, man. And they just get it. You know, they're not going to be fucking around and doing dumb shit any more than anyone would at that age. But, they're not like particularly ridiculous or anything. Um, so I say all this to say, I've texted this Aaron Nesmith at Vandy's my guy. In, in the middle of the first round, he's a um, he's a uh, like twenty. He's right in the age of John Jaron. He's 6'6", uh, 6'10", wingspan, two twenties. He's a he's a thick athletic kid, uh, and he shot fifty six percent from three at Vandy. Uh, got hurt. He had a foot injury that put him out the rest of the season. But he Averaged twenty three points a game for him. He was their best player, um, and and he, he's just like the, the prototypical you know two guard, two or three guard that can switch and guard anybody, you can play that the switching offense that, that um uh, the five man out offense that uh that we like to play. And I, I think that adding a guy like that this year makes a lot of sense. Um so that would be my desire. What, what what have you guys seen from the draft?
0: I think you you touched on it a lot. I've seen a lot of wings, right? Three and D. Um there's always a lot of emphasis on the D, but you gotta make sure that always is, baby. Right? <laughs> always on the D
3: um, <laughs> podcast's gonna change his name to emphasis on the D, <laughs> uh,
0: and you know, I love Nesmith. Um, he's definitely, yeah, my Nesmith's eye. another one. Um, I love Siddiq Bay, um, from Villanova. Um, who else, man? This, this draft, Evan
3: Bissell from TCU,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, this draft is just not top heavy at all. Like, there's just, I would have hated to have a high lottery pick in this draft. I literally do not know. What those decisions are going to be. Um, but you just trade I,
3: down, I guess. Yeah,
0: you trade down. Yeah. Um, there's some talk that some teams are going to do that, but yeah, I definitely think you know, if the Grizz were able to package a deal when they could move up in that mid tier area of the first round to snag one of those, you know, six, 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 seven shooter wing defenders, um, you know, high IQ, high character guys, um, would definitely be great. Um, all their draft profiles and mocks that I've been reading, um, You know, this draft is just 2021 is where it's at um, is what I've taken away from all of this is that 2021 draft is where it's at. Um, But, yeah, I think my guy would definitely be, uh, Sam, your point, the Vandy. uh.
2: Yeah, I think we lost Rich, too. The internet's just taking people out one by one tonight. Um, So, yeah, I don't know a lot about the draft. I don't think it's unheard of for us to
3: trade up in this year's draft and try to find that missing piece. Um, I but, don't think well, it would be a missing third option. I think it would be just another really good guy to have around. A rotation they could maybe, player. A they, rotation yeah, they could, player. exactly. They can maybe become that. I mean, you, you never know with these guys, right? Like, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, no one thought. It's just, you know, you hear those stories all the time. Um, But I, I, I think that there'd be a lot of value in swapping out a guy that we know is not going to be the long-term answer. Like, we just know it, right? Like, right. Uh, and trying to get a, another guy in there that fits our culture a little bit better uh that you know that could grow with john jaron and and kind of come in and know it's their team and uh you know dylan had the green light his his rookie year and he had the green you know because like we were tanking that year and i think that it was kind of a tough way to uh to indoctrinate him into this team now but um yeah i don't like so is there any world in which the the timberwolves the dubs and then the the hornets keep those picks and draft you know the number the top three guys lamello wiseman and and uh Anthony Edwards are the the commonly top three. I, I heard someone say that if if uh, that those three are going to be taken at the top, like regardless, because if if any of those three guys, three teams don't don't value those guys, they'll just trade down. But they will trade down to a team that obviously does value them and wants to take them there. Because why else would you trade up unless you wanted those three guys? Because you know you're going to be able to get other guys later. Because um, you know so you could just sit back and hang out. So that there is a lot of basically consensus; those three guys are going to go up there. But does the Timberwolves pair Anthony Edwards with D'Lo and Cat? Uh, do they trade down? I mean, what 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 happens in the draft? Have you guys heard anything, or what what are your yeah. theories?
0: I just, I think, I think Charlotte has to pick, right? They just they just don't have enough talent on their yeah. roster to not pick somebody. Their their roster just isn't that good, right? Um, they jumped I, up five
3: spots too. They did basically they did. what the Grizzlies yeah. did uh, right. last year to get jobs in so. there.
0: Um, I, I, myself, a lot of the mocks I've seen have been Anthony Edwards going to Minnesota. I just don't, they, they say they're sliding him in at the two, uh, with d and Cat. It's just, there's one ball, um, and Anthony Edwards, D-Lo, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley. They all get buckets. Like they all put the ball in the hole. I just don't know what that looks like on the defensive side on the floor for them. I know Josh Okogie is still there. Um, Jared Culver, who was a high lottery wing pick last year for them. I think six overall. Um, and so, yeah, that, I don't know. And then the got Malik Warriors,
1: Beasley too. Yeah.
0: Beasley gets buckets. Right. Um, and I think personally that Wiseman slots in perfectly with Golden state as their five It's just, do they want to invest that high of a draft pick in a player when they know Steph and Claire are coming back and they can just go on the veteran market and get somebody at the five to just rebound, block shots, block shots and rim run for them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the question that I think they might ask themselves. So I, I could foresee golden state trading down um, Charlotte keeping their pick and Minnesota. I don't know. They have a tough decision on their hands. This is not a draft where I would want the number one pick where there isn't a consensus. Number one um, and mellow. I, I personally think mellow. I know mellow would like to go to a big market. Uh, and so I think as far as those things are concerned, I think Chicago at number four will make the most sense for him. Um, I think Chris Dunn is their starting point guard currently, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, man, this draft is just not, not exciting. Uh, it's definitely interesting that this is the draft um, that gets pushed back and, you know, there's a the virtual lottery and everything just because there's not much buzz about it at all to begin with.
2: Yeah. When, when we're, <laughs> we could be like having all kinds of draft content, no one cares because right, we <laughs> You doing, it? Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing about them trading down is who's going to trade up. I mean, the Knicks, mm. the Bulls, yeah. that's about, that's about all I got, you know? Yeah. And i the, mean, sure the Knicks
3: might trade up twice. Who knows? <laughs> like, they, might. They, they might to get mellow. <laughs> like the people are talking about, even though they got this front office it should be smarter than history, than Knicks history, but the, just to get a splash player, you know, someone yeah. that, that just passes in the seats. Not that Madison Square Garden has an issue with that, but you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. Well, Someone the, did. The report
2: on Twitter today was that the Knicks are in prime position to sign a veteran free agent, like all star free agent or something. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> of
0: course.
2: <laughs> sure they are. <laughs> prime <laughs> downtime prime position.
3: <laughs> they to sign home. <laughs> 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 uh and they're really
0: banking on these Leon Rose connections, man.
3: Well, here's the thing we know, man. First of all, Leon Rose looks exactly like Tibbs. Did y'all know that? Uh I didn't know <laughs> he, he looked like that. Like, I didn't he looks know like he was
0: black a... until like three months ago. I Dude, me neither.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just
0: preferred he was black. It was terrible.
3: Same. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the 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 thing about every draft ever, like 2013, Anthony Bennett goes number one. You know, and, and inevitably, there's guys in the draft class, the first round, that end up being all stars. You know, they end up being really great players. There will be guys in this draft class that are really good. Um, and whether it's Wiseman, we don't think so, or Anthony Edwards, we we don't think it's going to be any of the top three guys. Maybe Lamelo because he probably has the highest ceiling. I think. Um, to become that kind of all-star talent, you know, at least from things I've read. But there are guys in this draft. It's a matter of finding them. And it, it does suck to not be – at least have a crack at that, you know, have a crack at the Kawhi or the Giannis, you know, the the, the, the guys that fall down or the Devin Booker even picked at number 10, mm-hmm. um, the guys that fall down in the draft, that you can make valuable players immediately. Uh, I mean, look at Tyler Hero, who's already contributing for a, a Miami team about to sweep uh, Indiana in their first round. I mean, there, there's guys there and there, there will be guys in this draft and that just sucks to not have a crack at it. You know, that's kind of what I want to get our chips back in the game and at least have a crack at picking a guy that could really fit with this roster.
0: So what do we have a second rounder this year? Yeah. 40, 40
3: probably need a,
2: a backup, a third point guard. Uh, Peyton Pritchard is someone that's been talked about there. Um, Cause I mean, we saw what happened when Tyus went down, we had no point guard uh, behind Ja, So more draft covers to come. We're, we're kind of pushing up against it right now, so let's just hit on our final uh, playoff predictions. Uh, I think all the first-round series will com- be completed by the time we're on next week. Um, the Raptors swept the Nets. Uh, we also had the Celtics sweeping the Sixers. The Magic stole game one from Milwaukee. Uh, I, you guys expecting the Bucks to win the, the next couple games and have that series over with? Yes. Okay, me too. Uh, Miami, Indiana. I originally picked Miami in six. Doesn't look like it's going to take that long. Uh, I know, Sam, you're a big fan of Miami. They got Duncan Robinson shooting the ball, like you just mentioned. The Harrow's playing really well. Uh, Our buddy Kendrick Nunn left the bubble, and since has really not seen the court that much. I know he had at least least two of those. He might have got some run um, in their last game. I'm not sure. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Yeah, any he's
0: thoughts completely on Completely out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That's I mean, crazy. And they were wearing rookie of the year shirts. I mean, fuck out of here. Yeah. Bullshit. Like uh, is he was he what happened? I mean, what do we think? What's what's on Reddit? Have we read anything? I haven't read anything.
2: I haven't looked into it. Um, you know, they they the reason around him leaving the bubble is kind of unclear. Um not like it sure. wasn't a
3: family emergency. Like we know it wasn't like Zion or like they haven't said that and they Fred haven't said it was the injury or anything. So
2: um really don't know. But Eric Spolster was saying that none is a big part of what we do and we're gonna need him as the playoffs progress. So we'll see. And also, I mean Drajic's just a better player, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah, for a Miami too. team that relies on ball movement and uh they can kind of get stagnant though. And Drogic is someone who can get his own shot and get to the basket. So maybe just a better fit for playoff basketball. Uh, anyone expecting the Pacers to make a comeback? No.
0: Cool. Right. They really missed the bonus.
2: All right. Uh Houston OKC. OKC got one game. How y'all feeling about that series, Rich?
0: Um, you know, yesterday um definitely OKC definitely got one. Um, I think it's just been, you know, I honestly thought Houston, if, if they got yesterday's game, they were just going to sweep while still being able to rest Westbrook, which I know would have been best case scenario for them. Um, I still think that Houston is going to pull it out. Um, there's just, you know, too many three pointers, too many James Harden, step backs, ISO ball. Um, okay. See, fighting. I just don't think they have enough offensive firepower to keep up in Houston to keep up with Houston. So I think it's over in five, honestly.
2: Sam. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is that we've seen Rockets collapse in the playoffs before, so it wouldn't be unheard of, especially yeah. if Russ can't play. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Houston takes takes the next two. Maybe OKC gets one more. Chris Paul might summon up some magic and take one more. Houston might win in six. Um, Denver and Utah is on as we record this show. Oh, yeah. um, Utah's up 2-1. Denver's currently leading by one at the half. Um, thoughts on this series? Cause I thought Denver was going to run away with it. Donovan Mitchell turned in a superb performance and still lost game one. And then, um, we've seen Utah, you know, just kind of outplay Denver. Denver doesn't have that go-to guy. Jokic, Jokic is, uh, maybe not
3: as good as we thought he was when it comes to playoff mm-hmm. basketball. Sam, how are you feeling about this series? Yeah, it's, I mean, exactly like you said, it's been fun though. It's kind of been one of the, the hidden gems, I think, of the playoffs, um that a lot of people thought the two teams that no one necessarily believes in. I think, you know, no one thinks that they will actually make a serious run at anything. Um, kind of probably like the Grizzlies of yesteryear. We always mention that. Uh, kind of middling of the Western Conference, four, five, six seeds. Uh, that don't have like a notable star. Well, I mean, I guess Utah has Donovan. Um, but particularly the Nuggets. They just don't have another guy. Uh I thought that uh Um, you know, Jamal was going to, Jamal Murray, their number two was going to, after that first game when he won, kind of took team on his shoulders and he is who he thought he was, you know, he's, you know, streaky at best. Uh, he is turn and, little ball throw. Yeah, aka <laughs> little ball <pro>. Uh and <laughs> That's fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, he just uh, – he's not able to, like, be that consistent guy that they need him to be. And the Nuggets just don't have that guy. He thought Michael Porter Jr. might be that, but I just don't think he's ready for the moment. Um, he's barely played any NBA basketball. So I, I I believe in the Jazz at this point just because they have more guys. Um, it's shocking, you know, considering they don't have um, Bog or, or uh, they don't have uh, – who, who else is hurt on the Jazz right now? Or is that it? They just don't have one of their wings. I but think they're moving
0: anyway. Bog and Ed Davis, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Oh, yeah, Ed Davis, yeah. Um, but it's been fun to watch. And I, I, I Mike Conley had a kind of renaissance game where he came back from we mentioned it earlier. That was good to see. It's um uh, kind of hard to root for that either of these teams. Uh, something yeah. we've talked about a lot. Yes, um, yes. and but I, if I'm the Nuggets, man, like it would suck to lose this series uh, to a kind of a limping um, Utah team, you know, you're the three seed. Uh, you should be uh, you know, you should be performing at least winning that series pretty 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 well. You've got an identity with your team, and I don't know. At what point do we think Mike Malone isn't the guy for the job, or at least that they need to make a some some kind of trades to bring someone in?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now they're they're tied seventy five up, uh, eight minutes left in the third, and you know I thought after that game one, Denver was just going to run away with this. Like I I think they should honestly. Um, but I know today, game three uh, or game four, Michael Porter Jr. was taken out of the starting lineup. They inserted with Monte Morris. Um, so it's clear he, you know, Michael Malone is still sifting through some things. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see that killer instinct. I don't see that takeover. Um, I don't know if they're ready. And, you know, everybody keeps talking about, well, they need a veteran to bring it home. Uh, but they're fucking paying Paul Millsap to be that guy. And I haven't heard his name called this entire series, honestly um so yeah, yeah I don't South think South. yeah he ain't think bring a that, shit home but the, chick. the, home <laughs> but the
3: check. Um, and Horford and Tobias Harris right they all <laughs> like, just
0: stealing checks man
3: overpaid um, positionless guys <laughs> yeah. they can't really do anything
0: that's that's it so definitely hard to root for either of these teams I'm not rooting for either of these teams but somebody has to win and I, I think it's going to be going to be Utah uh, I think Mike like we spoke to, has been rejuvenated. Um, Joe Ingles hits timely shots, uh, timely threes that kind of suck the life out of you a little bit. Um, And then they still got Spider and Gobert. So, yeah, I think Utah advances, and I think that is a huge, huge disappointment on behalf of the Nuggets uh, for sure. Uh, And so we'll see. Mike Malone, I know they're without uh, Will Barton as well as Gary Harris. Uh, We should note that. But at the same time, they're just too deep. They have too much talent um, to be struggling with the Utah team.
2: Yeah, I feel like Joe Ingles got his shot back in that game against the Grizzlies in the bubble when we left him wide open time after time and he just yeah. got in practice shots in in the game setting. Um, so I like the Jazz, too, to win the series. And I, I think, you know, for Mike Malone, he's had too much regular season success, so people expect a lot out of him in the playoffs. And their team's just really not built for the playoffs. Like, they don't have that go-to guy, Mary was it, in the one game, as we said over and over again but uh joker's not that guy and you know even will barton if he was healthy or gary harris like they're not the Uh, guys you give it to at the end of a playoff game to go get you a bucket Mm -hmm. so i would stick with mike malone um but that could be a team that maybe shakes it up and looks to make a big big splash and uh, be a trade or free agency um at some some point uh maybe not next year but in the near future because i don't think they have what it takes to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, All right, Lakers-Blazers. Blazers Blazers stole game one. Well, I mean, they they won game one, and the Lakers have bounced back. They had a blowout in game two, and then won a pretty close one last night in game three, in which LeBron turned back the clock and was incredible, which really got AD going, who finally, in the second half, um, started playing playoff basketball, playing like a man that, you know, oh, man, L.A. fans were mad after game one, let me tell you. Um, so, Rich, how you feeling? What's your, are, what are your Lakers going to do? Can – will they close them out in five?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six, four, two. Um, yeah, game one was just, you know, they took that L. And yesterday, like, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous. Um, but I think A.D. has to come with that killer instinct. man. they can't stop him in the post. Um, and I get it. His jump shot is feathery; it's beautiful. But he he settles and bails him out too much, um, drifting, taking jump shots outside of the paint. Um, there was a third quarter uh, surge yesterday where he was able to knock down a lot of elbow jumpers, in the pick and roll with Caruso. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it was that thing was just flying; it was beautiful. Um, but yeah, I really think you know this is bronze team, but they really go as A B goes. Like he has to be that second guy to provide help. Um, I think Catavius Caldwell Pope has stepped up and started hitting some shots. Um, Danny Green still, I, I don't know, man. Danny Green is just killing me. Honestly, um, he's just out there running laps. I, he's just out there doing cardio, man. He's just running back and forth. That's it. This is a workout for him. Fifteen mil a year. Um, but yeah, I think that was Vintage Braun last night. Um, you know, taking it to him. I think this series has exposed Nurkic a little bit. Um, they're just driving it in on him. Um, he's he's laying it up a little bit too, like just softly. Um, you know, L.A. is just too big to be trying the finger rolls and the feathery, feathery drop offs. Um, but, yeah. And honestly, I think Portland, they're a little gas, too. Like they've been in the playoffs basically for two, three weeks now. Um, they've been playing yeah. sudden death for a minute. Um, so they're, they're a little gas. I mean, Dame and CJ can get theirs. Carmelo is still streaky. But I think, you know, they might still get one more just for for the pride. Um, I see Dame having another throwback performance, but I think Lakers close it out for two. They move on.
2: Anything else, Sam, that you want to nah, add? No, man, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rich, I do want to ask, on the wings, uh, who who do you want to see in the game? Do you want to see man. JR,
0: Dion?
2: I, I mean, because Caruso is like the best perimeter player yeah. outside Caruso of LeBron. Caruso is the
0: best perimeter player. It's fucking crazy. How did, shown, how did they get here? <laughs> this series has shown the true value of Avery Bradley, first and foremost. Um, yeah. They really miss him. Um, they miss Rondo, too. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing where Rondo can bring, if he can – do something um, because it's just the, the perimeter defense and talent is just lacking. Um, I don't want to be dependent upon J.R. Smith, but I, I, I think I don't want to see Danny Green. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Um, we like to talk about defense and hitting shots, but he, it's just not there right now. Um, J.R. has had an opportunity. His shot's still a little off. Um, I, I honestly would like to see, you know, KCP, Caruso, and Deion. Um Dion can get a bucket, but the thing, he's a liability on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, but Lakers need shot creators. Sometimes they get stagnant when Braun and AD aren't out there. Dion Waiters, if it's one thing he can do, is create his own shot. He can get to the lane, get a bucket. Um, but yeah, I think this roster is being exposed as well. It leaves a lot to be desired. It's a lot of past their prime. Um, just NBA role players. Um, paired up with AD and LeBron James, and the roster is just not that deep. Uh, we should not be as dependent upon Caruso as we are. Um, but shout out <laughs> to what him you for. For, for stepping up and trying but there's only so much he can do he's limited um
2: he's pesky as fuck man he's pesky like, as fuck any, any rebound that comes in, down he's swiping rebounds.
0: up i just need him to hit them open shots man he's got to hit those open threes on the driving kick like he's got to um but yeah i think we go as ad goes and you know we're gonna have to ride him home he's the he's he's the big dog so we'll see we need some wings and some guards this summer though for sure i would love like a like a DJ Augustine or something like we need that backup guard who can just facilitate offense, just get people in their spots, run the show. Um, but yeah, we need a, they, they need a lot. Honestly, this roster to be the number one seed in the West is not that talented to be real. Um, and I think that's just a testament to AB and Bron, um, you know, and shout out Frank Vogel too, for not getting in LeBron's way. So. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. And the <laughs> final series, Clippers, Mavericks, Sam, how do you see this one playing out?
3: Uh, seven, man. Like, I think it's going to seven. Uh, at least I hope it is. It, it yeah. depends on if KP comes back too. I don't think that they can win another game if if uh, Porzingis doesn't decide to get a cortisone shot and suit up. Um, I just can't see Luca doing this again. Uh, it took literally the a transcendent, you know, like a uh, a Hall of Fame level playoff performance to get this win in overtime. Uh, even with his guys doing pretty well. I mean, you gotta. 25-point game from Trey Burke. Uh, you just can't count on a lot of that. Um, so I think they need a, his second banana to come in uh, and, and help him out a little bit. I just can't see that happening again. But then again, I didn't see it happening this time. So he's, uh, he keeps impressing me with every game. Um, but, yeah, I see that going to seven. We didn't talk about uh, we didn't talk about the Celtics-Toronto second-round matchup, too, which is going to be fantastic, I think. Those games start Thursday. So those games will have started uh, when we, by the time we record next time, which I think is going to be epic. Um, what do we think about the 76ers man swept uh, a roster that was ill put together from the beginning uh, front office is just spiraling out of control and a coach is probably about to be fired. I mean, not, not good looking out over there with those Philly frenetic fans.
0: Yeah. it's just a hot ass mess. Um, I think from the process <laughs> to Sam Hinckley's, uh resigning Elton brand coming in the, um, the, the, the wasted lottery picks Um being carved up by Jason Tatum, who you could have had definitely doesn't help um, at all. Um, But yeah, they're just an ill put together roster. The fit is just atrocious. Um, I don't trust Joel Embiid as the number one on any contending team. Um, You know, I think Ben Simmons injury definitely hurt, um, but I still think the Celtics would have beat them. They probably wouldn't have got swept, um, but they still would have beat them. Um, And yeah, I just, it just, I don't know, man. It's, for Joel, it just – it looks like it's hurting him, honestly, to run up and down the court. Like, he's laboring. Um, it's just – it's tough. He's gifted, talented as fuck. Um, but, yeah, this roster something got to give. You know, you're investing all this money into Tobias Harris and Al Horford who were giving you six to eight points a game. Like, that's just not okay. Um, you know, they had some young – probably like Ty Bull and, and Shake Milson who are or more so specialists. Like, Matisse Ty Bull's a defender. Shake Milson can knock down threes, but they don't really – you know, provide that much on the offensive end. I just don't know where they go from here. I don't know, you know, where, you know, if Joel and Ben coexist together in a winning environment. Um, But yeah, I think Brett Brown is gone. And I think a lot of it is him being a scapegoat. Like, yeah, he has a maximized talent, but this roster that was put together is just not a good fit, right? He can't really control that. And I think you look at a team like Boston, who it pains me to ever like talk positively about the Celtics. I love the Celtics, but I fucking love Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yep. I think they're two of the best wings in the league. Um, and they're just they're just running, man. And I think you know, they lost going hay with they haven't missed a beat, honestly. So, I yeah, think, man, Toronto, <laughs> right, might have helped this Toronto Boston series is going to be popcorn ready. So, yeah, I'm it's looking be forward awesome. to it.
3: Well, yeah. and, and and uh, before we get into what else happens with uh, Clippers and Mavs, I want to bring up the possibility of the, the 76ers wanting to unload either Horford or out of or Tobias Harris. And your Memphis Grizzlies having some cap space potentially. Um, at you know, at, at uh, next season, if we were able to trade uh, Gorgie Dang and expiring and a few other expirings on our roster as well, is that something that you would be interested in, Mason, taking on a shitty contract um, for a, a bunch of Philly first-round picks uh, next year? uh in, in addition to your plan or is that is that something you would rather not do I mean I think it would definitely uh expedite the tank if that's what we're trying to do
2: I don't want anything to do with those those two guys I'm not gonna call them losers but I don't want anything to
3: do with Tobias Harris or Al Horford I uh, think Al Horford could be good for the for the team I mean we wouldn't be better but I think he's a good he, guy if locker. he
2: was on like a vet minimum yeah but he's yeah making maximum contract I don't how Elton Brand can justify letting Jimmy Butler and JJ Reddick walk when you have Embiid and Simmons and you bring in, uh, you re-sign Tobias instead of Jimmy and you bring in Al Horford uh, to try to do the twin towers thing in 2020. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, malpractice, some would say Uh, Mm. just, uh, just ridiculous. You had a team that was really good and Jimmy Butler was the heart and soul of it. And, you know, you let them walk and here you are now in honestly a deep pile of shit, uh for the 76ers there's no easy way out of it but no nah, I'm not trying to I don't want Al Horford or, or Tobias
0: yeah same I'm I'm good I saw someone on Twitter today it was like a uh, Al Horford and some picks or something coming back to the Grizz and yeah I'm good
3: got yeah, two Cause,
0: cause those, guys,
2: Al those guys those yeah. guys are good they might be good locker room guys now but they're not gonna be in Memphis I can tell you that Al, Al Horford, especially. So, uh, anyway, back to Clippers, Mavs. I got Mavs in seven.
3: Shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's just because I'm riding the, the high of Luca. Yeah, man. Yeah. It'd be cool. I mean, it'd be a, a, that would even expedite him even further. I, I just don't want them as a fucking win because we have to play him. you know? I don't want them to get like a playoff win under their belt and confidence. And then once you got a young player that good, confident that, I'm looking out for us, like more so the self-preservation,
2: you know? Yeah, I mean, we we are going to have to hate this team really soon, hopefully. Um, hopefully, we'll be in playoff battles with them. Uh, but maybe this expedite uh, Luca and KP, you know, having a falling out and them breaking that up or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else on the playoffs? That's all I got. So for, uh, second round will start towards the end of next week for most of the series, I assume. Um, and we'll be back to discuss it next Sunday. You have been listening to the Backdoor Cut Show on Nothing But Net. Peace.